Luke 2.41, the Bible says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it, but they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. When they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. It came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astounded at his understanding and answers. When they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for these guys being here in your house today, Lord. God, we need your touch. We, I pray that you would please be with us during our class time. I pray you would be with me as I preach right now. Lord, I need your help. I pray that you give me the right words and thoughts and spirit. I pray that the guys would hear your voice today. Lord, help them to understand the message and the concept. But God, I pray that it would go deeper than that. And God, that you would convict us, that you would correct us. God, that you would challenge us in the areas that we need it. And God, I know we all need to grow. None of us have arrived. And Lord, I pray you would please help us with that. I pray that God, you would give each guy something. Um, that you would speak to their heart in a very definite way, in a very clear way, Lord. And God, help us to know what we need to do when we leave here today to be closer to you and to love you more, Lord. I pray you would please, um, God, that you would be heard and, God, that you would change lives as you see fit, Lord. We need your help. These guys are important. Their lives are important. And, God, I pray you would please help us today. Tune us in on your will for us. We love you, Lord. Bless this time. I certainly do need your help. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you for standing. As we get into this passage, guys, um, Joseph and Mary, Jesus' parents, have performed their religious duty, and now they're on their way home. They probably thought that things were moving ahead nicely, according to plan. Perhaps uh, they had already journeyed a day home. Perhaps their mind had already began to anticipate uh, what you're going to do when you get home. I don't know about you, but when you're traveling home, you think, all right, we'll be home maybe in an hour or two, and your mind's kind of switches gears and you start thinking, all right, what do I need to do when I get there, right? I need to do this. I need to take care of this and so forth. Perhaps their mind had kind of switched to that. Yet, guys, they had a problem all along. It was undetected at the beginning, but finally they began to notice and they began to realize what was going on. Guys, listen, things would not be right. Things would not be good again. Things would not be smooth or calm or normal. Things would not be okay until they did something. And you know what that something was? Verse number 45. When they found him not, they turned back. Joseph and Mary turned back. A whole group of people had to turn around, turn back. You could say waste time on their trip, but they needed to turn around. They needed to redirect their course. Why? Because they were missing something. You know who that was? They were missing Jesus. He was not with them. And they had to turn back. Listen, guys, I wonder in your life today, if you are going through the religious motions, you're doing what what you should do. But for a long time, you have not had Jesus in the center of it. You have not had him controlling your life. He has not been number one in your life. You think he's somewhere on the on the edges, on the periphery of it. 
but he's not in the center of your life. I wonder if that's you today. Can I tell you? Things aren't going to be okay. Things aren't going to be smooth. Things aren't going to be normal. Things aren't going to be good again until you turn back. Unless you turn back. We need to turn back today. That's the message today. Turn back. I want you to see, first of all, about this message, turn back. I believe, guys, they assumed his presence. They assumed his presence. In verse number 44, if you look at it with me, I think this is the key to the whole section. It says, but they supposing him to have been in the company. We'll get into that a little bit more later, but that is the key thought to this whole uh, section of this passage. Listen, guys, I want to say, first of all, under this, though, that it was a long routine. You check out verse number 41. It says, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Uh, This was one of three major feasts that the Jews had. Passover is this one. Then they had Pentecost and Tabernacles. And it was required for all uh, males to go to those three feasts. Passover became probably the most prominent one. So they went there every year. This is a good thing. This is not something... That we should be negative or be bashing them about. This is a good thing. But they went every year. And then at verse 42 it says it was after their custom that they went. And then verse 43 it says when they had fulfilled the days. This was a long routine. Perhaps guys, perhaps they said yeah we've done this before. Been there, done that. Uh, I've been through the the motions of that. I, I know the routine. Guys it was a long routine that they had. And perhaps, I'm not trying to throw negative uh, intentions on them or connotations on them, but perhaps they had let it become repetitive. Hey, I don't know about you. You come to church a long time, it's very easy for it to become repetitive. Yeah, I know what we're supposed to do next. We're supposed to come into class, let him yell at us, and then go into main church, and then, you know, hear the rest of the preaching, then we stand up, pray, then we sing, then we sit down, then then we leave. You, you know what we're supposed to do. You've been there, you've done that, you've gone through the activities before, and perhaps they had let it, become repetitive and the likely reasons of it guys they didn't have jesus with them you think why could it this why could this have been what were the the factors of this guys maybe they're thinking in their minds well you know we're his parents obviously obviously he's going to be with us and they thought because of that perhaps that he would be with them automatically hey guys listen you're in church, you're in the right place. I think most of you, you're good guys, you're good kids. That's a good thing to do. I'm, I'm happy and I'm, I'm proud of you guys for doing that. You're a Christian. You come from a Christian home. Those are important things. You have good parents. You're a Baptist. You're Perhaps some people may think, well, I'm better than so-and-so. You know what, guys? I'm glad you're in church and I'm glad you're a Christian and I'm glad you're a Baptist and I'm glad you come from, many of you guys come from good homes that love the Lord and put God first. But can I tell you, listen... Just because you have those things in your life doesn't guarantee that you have Jesus' presence in your life. You hear me? Just because you have those things, just because you have good parents doesn't mean you have God's power on your life. And I wonder, I wonder sometimes, Zach, listen, I'm all for that, guys. I'm not in any way trying to bash any of these things. You are in church, and that's important. In fact, it frustrates frustrates me when guys don't come to church like they should you're in church praise god that's awesome you come from good homes thank god for that guys you're baptist and i hope you know why you're baptist and i hope you know those baptist distinctives that we've been over before and i believe those things are important but can i tell you there's plenty of baptists that are not close to god there's plenty of people in church today that you just go through the motions and you think oh obviously jesus is with me obviously his power is with me obviously his presence is with me obviously he's pleased with me 
But if you're just going through the motions, man, you better watch it. You may be sadly mistaken. You may be sadly mistaken. Listen, they had a long routine. They had been doing this all the time and faithfulness is important, but perhaps it became repetitive to them. Perhaps they didn't have their minds clicked in like they should. Their focus, their concentration wasn't at a level that it should have been. And they thought, well, we're his parents. Obviously, he's going to be with us. Ethan, I worry about guys who just say, oh, yeah, I go to Christian school. Check. Obviously, I'm going to be close to God. Are you kidding me? How many people do we know that have been to Christian school that are not close to God? Zach, we've seen guys go to Bible college, studying about the Lord every day. They're not close to God. Hey, guys, I'm asking you today. Do you have Jesus' presence in your life right now? Do you have his power on your life right now? I hope so. I hope so. And maybe we just think, oh, he's always been with us before. Listen, guys, we have a great heritage. We have a great church. But listen, I try to say this in all um, being careful with it. But can I tell you, just because God was with our church for the last 40 or 50 years doesn't guarantee that his power and presence is going to be with our church now unless we go after it just as much as the previous generation. You understand what I'm saying today? I know it's early, but I hope your brains are turned on. Sometimes we can just think, oh, obviously, we run buses. I'm glad we run buses. I'm proud of that. Listen, we have Baptists on our side, and I'm glad that we do. I'm glad we're not ashamed of it. I'm glad we take a stand for for what the Bible says for doctrine. I'm glad we make an issue of that. But guys, if we don't crave and desire and, 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 and yearn for God's presence and his power to be in our life, I wonder if we'll be like Joseph and Mary and just be... Trudging along in our life and having God nowhere near and his power nowhere close to us. But, you know, the main issue of all of this, guys, not only that they were on a long routine and the likely reasons of it. But can I tell you the main um, idea of this is verse number 44, the low regard, but they supposing him to have been in the company. Time out, guys. I've been talking a lot. What do you think that means? It says, it's talking about Joseph and Mary, and it says they supposed him, Jesus, to have been in the company. What does that mean? Put that in other words, if you would. Ethan? They assumed that he was there with them. They just assumed it. Yeah. What else? How would you put that in other words? Guys, like, I think Ethan pretty much now. <laughs> you know what I think they did, guys? You know what I think they did? I think they just lumped him in with everybody else. That's a problem. That's a problem. They just, oh yeah, of course he's there. They didn't check. They didn't take forth any special measures to make sure that Jesus was there. They just, oh yeah, of course he's there. Hey guys, do you do that? Do you do that? As I said, well, I go to a good church. I'm glad you do. But do you have Jesus in your life where he should be? I'm not just saying that you're saved. Obviously, that's super important. But guys, is he controlling your life? Is he dominating your life? Is he calling the shots? Is he moving everything in your life? Listen, can you, they lived the whole day. You go through the passage, three days without him. How long has it been for you? They had a low regard. They supposed him to have been in the company. Guys, can I challenge you? Don't just lump him in with everybody else. Why go to Christian school? Great. Do you have Jesus power in your life? Do you have his presence in your life? Is he pleased by your life right now? And don't look. Don't group it in. Well, I'm friends with this guy, and he's a good Christian. How about you? I hang around with the kids that really do love God, and that's a very important thing. But do you love him for yourself? 
Are you close to him for yourself? Do you have him at the center, at the core of your life like you should? It says the middle to last part of verse 44, they went a day's journey. Guys, they went a whole day without him. Hey, guys, can I tell you it's dangerous when you go days without him? Can I tell you it's dangerous because you're susceptible to fall? We talk about all the time the devil's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You know who the devil is especially uh, watching for and, and hunting for is someone that gets separated. You know, the lions, they, they wait for those animals that get separated from the group. They're vulnerable. They're, it's susceptible to falling. Listen, that's how the devil is, is hunting. That's how he's coming after you. And can I tell you, if you're not close to Jesus, guys, you're in a dangerous spot. Oh, Brother Tom, we've heard this before. Great, great. I think we all need a wake-up call, though. It's important, guys. It's a dangerous spot because you're susceptible to falling. Listen, don't think because you've come to church a long time, you can't fall. Don't think because you're wearing nice clothes in here today that you can't fall. Don't think because you carry your Bible properly that you can't fall. Listen, guys, you may have come a long time. Your parents may be great people, but you can fall. The Bible says, take, let... Uh, him that thinketh he standeth, take heed, take heed lest he fall. The devil's coming after you. And as Brother Zach preached to us last week, he, he wants those people that have grown some and that are in somewhat of leadership to go down. Therefore, if he can get them to fall, a lot of other people will fall too. Yeah. Hey guys, can I tell you the, the, listen, we don't have to be scared of this because we know greater is he that is in us. But listen to this. The more you grow in the Christian life, can I also say the target grows on your back as well? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? Amen. Hey, you need to grow and you need to advance. But the more the more leadership you get, the more position you get, the target grows on your back because the devil's saying, yeah, I want him. Mm-hmm. I want to take him down. It's a dangerous spot to be without Jesus. It's directionless. Can you imagine they had no guidance? They were lost. They were off track. It's dark. It's wasted. We've seen guys that month after month, year after year, they're living without Jesus controlling their life. It's wasted. It's directionless. And also, guys, there needs to be a desperation. At the end of that verse, it says they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. So this huge group of people that were traveling back to Nazareth, when they finally realized, when when Joseph and Mary talked and said, he's not with you, no, he's not with you, no. Oh, my goodness. They realized what was going on. Can I tell you, the main priority became, we got to find him. And not tomorrow, not when we get around to it. Now, we got to drop everything else. Forget the trip. Forget making it back home on time. And our ETA, you can you can X out of the Google Maps because we're going back to Jerusalem. We got to find Jesus. He's got to get back in the middle of what's going on in our lives. We got to find him. Hey, guys, are you, have you assumed his presence in your life? Oh, Brother Tom, I'm a good guy. That's good. But do you have Jesus at the center of your life? Mm-hmm. I've been coming to church for a long time. That's awesome. That's very important. But is he at the center of your life? Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, did we not just hear one week ago when this young man preached that who was it, Samson? I will go out as at other times and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Zach, I've done it before. I've preached it before. I've sang it before. I've run the bus route before. I've gone out visiting before in the flesh. I can do it again. Didn't work that time for Samson. And guys, it may not work for you. And with time, it will not work for you. They assumed his presence, though. I think, and listen, I'm not trying to bash them, but we think a lot of times, well, you know, it's just a miscommunication. This kind of stuff happens. So, so. 
But you know, when I read verse 44 and it says they supposed him to have been in the company, then I say, oh, see, that's a problem. And guys, that's a problem that we can fall into. Chris, I can fall into that. You can fall into that. And any one of us can. Aiden, we can just say, yeah, yeah, I'm a good kid. Obviously, Jesus is with me. Obviously, his power is on me. Hey, I, 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 you know, I do all these good things. And that's good, guys. I'm not bashing those things. But don't just assume his presence. Hey guys, this is an important thing. You need Jesus' presence and power in your life. You need him guiding you. Hey, guys, you say, what are you talking about? Is this all mysterious and riddles today? No. I'm saying when you read your Bible, does he ever talk to you? It's good. Do you read it? Listen, it's not about the length of time, but do you get in it so much? You say, God, please, I need something. And can I tell you, there's plenty of times when I just feel dry and I'm just going through the motions and I'm just going through the routine. And, it, man, I, I don't like it. I say, God, I need to hear from you. Please give me something. And, guys, I'm so thankful when I get something and Aiden it stands out to me. I think, you know what, that's exactly what I needed. Lord, thank you. Hey, guys, that's what we're talking about. That's his presence. That's his power. Do you ever see his power working through you? Are you ever scared to give out a track, but you ask God to help you and he gives you the power to do it? Do you ever say, man, I need to tell my friend or, or encourage my friend to be to be at church, but I'm scared about it. But God gives you the power to do it anyway. Hey, guys, you ever have a sin that you're tempted to do, but you're asking God to give you the strength to stay away from it and he gives you the strength to stay away from it? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, the presence of God. I'm not talking about you go in your bedroom late at night and you hear some spooky voice and you see some light shining from heaven. You probably need to change your light bulb in your bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I'm not talking about something weird like that. But does he ever speak to you? Uh, guys, do you ever lay out your heart before God? Like the Bible says, pour out your heart before him. Just let it all flow out before him. God, this is who I am. God, I need your help. Guys, that's what we need. We need more of that. Yeah. They assumed his presence. Listen, about this message, turn back. First of all, we see that they assumed his presence. They just lumped him in with everybody else. Kevin, we, we've got the stuff. We've got the animals. We've got the people and our friends and our family. He's got to be back there somewhere. Hey, guys, that's an issue. Hey, listen, you may have the nice clothes and the tie and the suit, and I'm proud of you for dressing up for the Lord. You may have the right Bible, and you may have the shined-up shoes, and I'm not bashing those things. But do you have Jesus in your life? Because you know what, Kevin? We can get all focused on the wrong things. Yeah. Guys, if we don't watch it, it's very easy. It's very easy, and I'm not against these things. But you can worry about all this and walking in, hey, brother, and I wonder what people think of me. Hmm? Hey, guys, can I tell you, that's not important when you walk into church. You know what's important? Do you have Jesus' presence in your life, on your life? Do you have his power on your life? It's not about being impressive to everyone else. It's about having his presence as the main thing in your life. They assumed his presence, first of all. And I like this part. Number two, you got to admit your problem. You got to admit your problem. Guys, verse number 45. I like this. So they travel a day's journey. I mean, everything's going according to plan, they think. And then, oh my goodness, he's not here. And they finally become aware of that. Verse number 45, it says, when they found him not. So immediately, what do they do? They start searching around in their group. They start asking people, they, did he hide somewhere? You know, uh, did he fall asleep somewhere? We don't know. They're searching everything, every uh, opportunity or every option in their mind, they're they're exhausting that, trying to figure out what happened to this kid. But after they made that search of their stuff, they didn't find him. What does the next three words say? They turned back. 
they turn back. Hey guys, listen. If you have not had Jesus at the center of your life, the core of your life, like he should be. Guys, he can he should control what you think, what you watch, what you say, where you go, who your friends are, what kind of girls you're interested in, and all the rest of it. He should control that. Listen, yeah. if he has not been, then he's not in the center of your life. You may have you may have been journeying for quite a while, unaware. But let me tell you today, if he has not been in control of those things, he's not at the center of your life. Right. You, need to, you need to become aware of that and realize that today. But you know what they had to do? They had to admit your problem. Can I tell you? I don't know about the, uh, um, in this story, when you're talking about Joseph and Mary, that might be a little hard to admit. You know? Like, you don't have him? I'm sure as Joseph... It, you know, as the guy, you get blamed. It's just like, <clears throat> no, I, I don't. I don't know where he is. You don't know it. No, no, I don't. You know, I'm sure he's over there. Like, this is killing me. You know what? That was probably embarrassing to say, though. I don't have a clue where he is. I thought he was with you. That was embarrassing. Hey, guys, guys, listen. That can be embarrassing. That can be embarrassing. Listen, but it's worth it. You got to come to grips with it. Verse number forty-five. It says. Uh, but when they found him not, they had to come to grips with it. Hey, guys, have you do you ask yourself this question and, and come up with this conclusion? You know what? God's working his involvement, his power, his help, his presence. It's been missing in my life recently. It's been absent in my life. Would you admit that today? If that's you, would you admit that that takes some guts? Listen, because it's very easy to just talk about all the good things. And oh, yes, I love the Lord. Praise God. And it all be fake. Yeah. Hey guys, it takes some guts for you to say, no, I have not been where I should be recently. His power, his working, his involvement, it hasn't been there recently. That's humbling. Hey guys, stop fooling yourself. Have, have you come to grips with that and say, you know what? He's not with me. There's been a gaping hole in, the, in my life and it's time I admit it. Stop fooling yourself with it. They had to come to grips. Listen, you had to admit your problem. Listen, listen guys. If Jesus has not been in the center of your life, listen, do not expect Jesus to change his plans. You got to change your plans. Do you hear me? Do you hear me today? Amen. Listen, if he has not been in control of your life, you don't have to wait for Jesus to catch up to you. You need to turn back and find him. Because right. he's not off course. You are and I am. If we're not where we need to be. Admit your problem. You had to come to grips with it. They had to come to grips with it. But also they had to change their plans. Guys, this is a large number of people. You're going to have to tell everybody, I'm sorry. We're going to have to turn around. You think everybody like that? You think everybody, oh, yeah, I love Jerusalem. Let's go right back there where we've been for the last eight days. After we've already traveled eight days journey. Guys, they didn't have trains and airplanes and cars and buses. Okay, everybody get on the tour bus. Boom, boom. And we're going back to Nazareth. No. You know what they had to do. Turn around. Start walking back. Turn their animals around. Get them moving in the right direction again. This was hard. Hey, guys, it may be hard for you to admit that. You might have to go down to the altar and shed some tears. You might have to uh, be real with God and say, God, I've been perpetrating and faking for a long time. But, God, your power is not on me and I need it. Guys, we got to be real about this. Admit your problem. Come to grips with it and then change your plans. They turn back. Hey, guys, we're yet, we have to admit this thought. I'm not where I need to be. I'm messed up. I'm off course. I'm off track. I need to turn back. Is there some area of your life 
you've been running ahead, you've been doing it, and they're not bad things, but you haven't had Jesus at the core of it. You haven't had Jesus controlling it. You say, you know what? That's on me. I need to go back and get his presence and his power in my life once again. Hey, guys, verse number 45, check this out. When they found him not, so they came to grips with it, they changed their plans, they turned back again to Jerusalem. What's the last two words of verse 45 say? Seeking him. Seeking him. Hey, guys, can I tell you the critical person they finally realized who it was? Hey, guys, you know what they said? We're not going to take one more step in this journey back to Nazareth without Jesus. We're not going to do it. I'm not going to take one more step. I'm not going to make any more progress back home until we have Jesus back in. Hey, guys, maybe somebody in the room says, you know what? I've been having a prayer life, but I've just been going through the motions. Lord, I don't want to do it anymore without your presence in the middle of it. I've been trying to give out tracks and soul win, but God, I need your presence in the middle. I don't want to do it without Jesus. Hey guys, maybe you've been preaching without Jesus, singing without Jesus, serving without Jesus. Maybe you've been trying to be a good kid, but now you realize I need Jesus, his power, his presence to be at the center of my life, controlling my life. Hey guys, that's what we need. That's what we need. We need to be fed up with this carnality. We need to be fed up with just putting on a show. We need to be fed up with just doing a performance. We need to say, God, every word of my mouth, God, help it to come from you. God, when I encourage my friends, I need your power on it. God, when I preach, help your power to be on it. When I sing, help your power to be on it. Guys, we've lost that. We just think if we get enough applause at the end, then we did a good job. But I wonder if God's pleased or not. I'm not against you guys. I'm not trying to beat you down. I'm just saying we've got to crave the presence and power of God. Hey, what did Moses say? What did Moses say? He said, if your presence isn't with me, I don't want to go, Lord. This is too hard. I can't lead these two million plus Jews back to Israel out of Egypt. I can't do it unless your presence is with me. If your presence go not with me, I don't want to go. He's saying, Lord, if you're not coming, then I'm not going. Guys, we've got to have that. We've got to have that. We've got to have that. The critical person, they're saying, I'm not doing it without Jesus. You know why? Because without him, we can do nothing. Nothing of value. Nothing that makes a difference. Nothing that's positive. The critical person, they turned back. And what were they doing? They were seeking him. They were seeking him. They came to grips with their problem. They changed their plans and they realized the critical person. They're saying, you know what? We're not taking one more step without him. How about you? How about you? You have a decision today in here, guys. Listen. For some of you, maybe you've been drifting. Maybe you've just been flowing along for the last several months or, or, or given time of your life. But you haven't had Jesus at the center of it. And you realize today, all right, I need to get him back in the middle of my life. Back is the most important thing in life, the top of my life, the top priority. I need to do that. But you know what? You have a choice today. You have a choice today. You've become aware of it, hopefully through the preaching today. But Zach, it's very easy to say, yeah, yeah. That's good. And do nothing about it. You know what? You would just be like Joseph and Mary. Let's just keep on stepping to Nazareth. Let's just keep going. Hey, it's a big hassle to turn this whole caravan around to get all these animals and all these people and all this stuff going back the opposite direction. I mean, we're losing time. You think people's opinion of Joseph and Mary was very high right now? People don't even know how to take care of their one kid. My goodness. (laughs) That's embarrassing, but you know what? They didn't care because they had to have him back in the middle of their life. How about you? You have that choice today. You can keep on stepping and say, no, I'm good. It's fine. We could say, we could say, Brother Zach, I've sang a long time without Jesus' presence. 
and everybody still likes it. I'll be fine. I've been cruising through my teen years without Jesus' presence for a long time. I'll be okay. You keep thinking that, brother. You keep it on cruise control. Or you can go back and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you. I don't want to take one more step without you guys. When I was really getting serious and asking God to provide the right relationship for me as far as a young lady, guys, you know what I would say to the Lord? Lord, I don't want to make one step outside of your will. You know what I'm saying, guys? I don't want to waste one day. I don't want to waste one activity. I don't want to waste that. God, every step that I take, I want it to be in your will. I don't want to play games. I want to be serious about this. Are you serious about it? Guys, we need God's power on us. By the way, if you become big time and everybody knows your name or if nobody knows your name, that's really not that big a deal. That's really not that big a deal. You just have God's power on your life. Ethan, you just have God's power on you. Kevin, you just have God's power on your life. George, you just have God's power on your life. That's what we need, guys. That's what we need to get back to. Listen, listen. Ha- let's have that be the focus, the focal point of our life. Not all this other stuff. Listen, if people know your name, great. But that's not what you sign up for. You know what you sign up for? Lord, I'm going to love you and I'm going to do whatever you say. You know what? Many of these missionaries that we hear about from 150 years ago, guys, at first, nobody knew their name. And you know what? They didn't, they didn't do it for that. They went there because God called them to that certain place. Listen, most of these people go into jungles or cannibals. They're going to crazy situations. And what happened? Over time, not immediately, but over time, God used them in a great way. And yeah, now everybody hears the stories about them and all that. But listen, they didn't say, George, you know what? If I leave my country and go to this other country and, and, and start a church there and try to help people... 150 years from now, people are going to be talking. They didn't care about that. They didn't care about that. And guys, neither should we. Neither should we. Listen, you know the only name that people need to worry about? Jesus' name. If we're telling them about him, that's all we need to worry about. They assumed his presence. They had to admit their problem. Hey, guys, listen. If you're not where you need to be, it's not that Jesus needs to catch up to you. You need to go find where he is. Maybe you need to change your plans. Well, listen, I'm I'm not bashing anybody or or throwing any specifics out there. But listen, well, I got everything set up. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to work this job. I'm going to marry this woman. I got my career path lined out. Is Jesus in the middle of that, bro? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Not bashing anybody, and I'm not some prophet. I can't tell the future. But is Jesus in the middle of that? Because if we don't watch it, we can have everything lined up from A to Z, but Jesus be nowhere in the middle of it. Get him in the middle of it, guys. Listen, and I think he will... Provide what you need and he'll give you the job and he'll give you uh, the, the family and all those things that you need in his time. But make sure he's at the center of it. I see some people, they want to rush off and, and do all these things. But I'm not sure that Jesus is riding with them, if you know what I'm saying. And what do we say? Oh, yeah, he's back there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Careful, careful. Don't just suppose him to be in the company. Yeah, you know, did you pray about this relationship? Yeah, well, Kind of, <laughs> you know, three months ago, I said, Lord, if you want to stop it, then stop it now. No, that's that's not OK, guys. That's not OK. Let's really seek God. Let's seek his direction about these things. They assumed his presence. They had to admit their problem in point number three and last. They were aggressive to pursue. They were aggressive to pursue. Guys, you look at verse number the end of verse number 44 it says they sought him. At the end of verse 45 that I already highlighted, it says they were seeking him. Verse 46, it came to pass after three days, they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors. You know what had to happen, guys? They had to seek him. They had to seek him. They had to go after him. 
Verse number, what do I got here? Verse number, I believe it's 48. It says they sought him. They kept going after him. They kept going after him. Guys, they searched for him in the stuff and in the, the group of people that, were, that they were in, didn't find him. They had back a, listen, they had traveled a day's journey from Jerusalem. They had to travel a day's journey back. And then once they got to Jerusalem, it seems to indicate it took a whole nother day for them to find him. They were searching everywhere. You know what I call that? I call that aggressive to pursue. They were seeking him. He was their main priority. Hey, guys, listen. You say, what does this have to do with me? Number one, it's a personal choice. You have to decide to do this for yourself. No matter how much preaching you hear, no matter how great your parents are, no matter how good the church is that you go to. This is a personal choice. This is a personal choice. You know what the Bible says? James 4, 8. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. You know what that means, Aiden? Everybody in the room, we have the same equal chance to get close to God. Oh, no. Are you sure that's true, Brother Tom? Because some of these guys are some, from some really good friend, families. You know what? If you want to get close to God, you can get close to God. No matter what family you're from. No matter what your background is, no matter what mistakes you may have made in your past, they had to seek him. They had to go after him hard. It's a personal choice. Hey, guys, the Bible says you draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. You don't have to wait for him to, you know, uh, open the door, give you an opportunity. The door's already open. As I've said a billion times, you don't have to wait for a special service, a youth conference, a, a, a spring campaign, fall campaign, roundup Sunday or Easter Sunday to get right with God. Get right now. Seek him. It's a personal choice. And then also there's a promise connected. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. You shall seek me and find me. There's a promise connected. Guys, when you go after it hard, I guarantee you, you will find God. Hey, guys, when I was 17 years old, this is when I really, really got serious about God for the first time in my life. George, you know what I did? I got in this word of God and I really wanted to learn what it was saying. I really started to pray for the first time in my life. Seriously, guys, seriously. I said, God, you got to show me. You got to help me. I started working on the routes. I would call up my friends as a 17-year-old, say, what are you doing later? When you get off, what are you doing? Nothing, man. Let's go out soul winning. And me and another teenager would go out in these neighborhoods and start knocking doors and inviting people to church and trying to witness to them. Listen, I didn't know what I was doing, but you know what I was doing? I was seeking God. I was going after it. And guys, can I tell you, I found him. Listen, I found him on those routes. I found him in visiting. I found him in his word. I found him in prayer. I saw him working in my life. And I said, God, you have proved yourself to me. That's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hey, guys, you can hear us talk about how great it is every week. But until you taste it for yourself, you won't really believe it. Seek him, seek him, seek him. It's a personal choice. There's a promise connected. The Bible says, you shall seek me and find me. God's not trying to hide from you. But you know what? We're not serious about going after him. When we are, there's a promise connected that we will find him. And the end of that verse in Jeremiah says this. When you seek for me with all your heart. Hey, guys, there's a passionate condition. Listen, you want to find God in your life? You want to be close to him? You seek him and you will find him. But you know what? you got to be passionate about it. Amen. You know the problem? We're passionate about everything else. When it comes to the Lord, eh, that's kind of boring. No, it's not boring when we're talking about your life. Right. It's not boring when we're talking about your life being a success or a failure. It's not boring when we're talking about a life that could be in victory or in defeat to the devil. Guys, that's a, that's a huge deal. That's not boring. Hey, listen, I'm not against you being passionate about basketball or football or some other sport. Or even if you like video games or you like doing this or that or you like hanging out with your friends and having fun. Hey, guys, all that stuff is fine and good. But, guys, can I tell you there should be nothing else in your life more important than your walk with God. 
it bothers the death out of me that guys will get passionate about a football game or a basketball game and in their Christian life, they're asleep. They're lazy. Are you kidding me, man? Listen, I'm not against football or basketball. Listen, but your Christian life is so much more important than that, guys. And I get it. Some days you're not feeling it, but ask God to give you a passion for him. A passion for him. Not just when you're preaching, but when you're reading the word of God, when you're praying, when you're trying to give out tracts. Can I tell you, it's a battle. It's not always easy. But with God's help, you can make it. And you can do a great work in your life if you let God have his way. They sought him. Are you seeking him? Hey, guys, in your life, what are you going after hard? What are you going after hard? Some guys go after being good at a sport. Some guys going after, I hope this girl will like me and all that kind of stuff. Are you going after your relationship with God harder than that? I hope so. Think about it, guys. Think about it. Ask God to show you where you need to step up. Seek him. And then the spot where they found him, verse number 46. They found him sitting in the temple. Talking with the teachers, both hearing them and asking them questions. By the way, I thought this was cool. Zach, I'm reading this last night, and this is talking about he's... So Jesus is sitting there, 12 years old, and he's sitting in the temple, right? They finally find him. They're going through all these places. They go into the temple. There he is, sitting with the teachers of the law. And he's sitting there in verse 46. This is what I'm getting to. He's hearing them and asking them questions. So he's talking with them, conversing with them, and asking them questions. Zach, I noticed this last night. I thought, this is pretty cool. Verse 47. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding. And what is the next word? And answer. <laughs> he's asking them questions. Jesus is answering, too. That's pretty cool. I like that. You know why? Because he knew everything, right? He's God. But he's asking them questions. And what, what is your view on this? And what do you think about this? And perhaps they gave some, you know. A weak answers, and Jesus says, well, have you ever thought of this? And they're thinking, wow, <laughs> this 12-year-old knows more than these adult teachers over here. But guys, the spot where they found him was in the house of God. It was a likely place. They should have known where he'd be hanging out. Guys, he wasn't hanging out playing sports. He wasn't hanging out uh, acting crazy. He wasn't hanging out causing mischief. He was in the house of God. Listen, guys, if you want to get close to God, you know where to find him. You know where to find him. You know where you find him? You find him in your Bible. You find him in your prayer life. You find him in obeying him. And you find him in his house. Listen, I want to get close to God in 2023. Are you going to be at his house this year? Are you going to be in his word this year? Are you going to be on your knees? I'm not saying any of those are easy. You've got to push through the, 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 the doldrums of it. You've got to push through the laziness of it. But guys, that's where you find him. Listen, you're not going to find God on the internet. You're not going to find God with some, I watched this crazy movie, man, and man, God just spoke. No, get out of here. You're going to find God in his word. You don't want to find God this year? Why don't you start memorizing some verses? You're going to find God this year? Why don't you start studying the word of God and really finding out what it means and how you should live it out in your life? You want to find God this year? Start inviting people to church, giving out tracts. That's how you find him. You don't have to invent some crazy place to find him. He's in a likely spot. And then they had to submit to his plan. Verse 48, 49, when Mary finally finds him, she's saying, son, we've been worried about you. We've been searching everywhere. Jesus says in verse 49, how is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? These are the first words that were ever recorded in the, uh, in the life of Jesus, the incarnation of Jesus as a 12-year-old. You know what he's basically saying, guys? My priority is on the spiritual. 
I must be about my father's business. I've got a bigger job to do. And it is following my heavenly father's will. They had to submit to his plan. And then, guys, there was a subsequent reaction. I would think, Kevin, when they started traveling home to Nazareth this time, there was one person they made sure was in the group with them, and that was Jesus. The attention was paid, and there was a lesson that was learned. Guys, I hope that we learn. The problem a lot of times in the Christian life is we make a mistake, and then we realize it, we get it fixed, but then we do the exact same thing. We repeat the same mistake. Hey, guys, if you made some kind of mistake, you got away from God in 2022. How about this year? Well, you know, I didn't really read my Bible last year, but I'm just going to do the same thing this year and hope it works out better. It's not going to work out better. I'm just going to give the same lazy approach to my Christian life. And who knows, Tim? Maybe, you know, it's a flip a coin. Maybe it'll land on heads this time. No, it won't. No, it won't, guys. Listen, you've got to, what did they do? They turned back to get Jesus back at the center of their life. And I would say you need to make some changes if you want him to be at the center of your life once again. Be aggressive to pursue. Go after it. Go after it strong. And then at the end of this story, he got back in the middle of their life. And the will of God was the most important thing in his life and in their lives as well. Hey, guys, is it time for you to turn back? You say, you know what? Maybe my life last year, it wasn't what it should have been. Maybe I've made some mistakes. Maybe I'm not as close to God as I should be. Well, you know what? That's good you realize that. But can I tell you, nothing's going to get better. Nothing's going to change for the positive. Nothing's going to start moving in the right direction unless you turn back. Well, I'm just waiting for God to catch up to my plans. That's not how it works. Well, as soon as he just wants to hurry himself up and, and get on board with what I plan. Guys, that's not the way it works. You got to turn back. You got to say, you know what, Lord? I've been taking all these steps and moving all this activity. But, Lord, you haven't been in the middle of it. Hey, guys, this time you throw on the brakes and you say, Lord, I need to get back where you are. And I need you to show me the path that you have for my life. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. You know the problem? We don't acknowledge God. We want to do our own thing. And then when trouble hits, oh, Lord, what's going on? No, we need to rewind it and say, before I even start out in a direction, I need to say, Lord, is this what you want from me? Mm-hmm. And as you acknowledge him, which means to check with him, he will direct your paths. Hey, guys, that's what it's all about. Hey, guys, let's make sure that Jesus is at the center, at the core of our lives. If he's not, I would say today is a wonderful opportunity to turn back and get Jesus back where he should be in your life. And that's at the center of your life. Let's bow our head and close our eyes.